It's Celtics coverage on CLNSRadio.com. Right now and share your thoughts toll free three four seven two one five seven 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 one. That's right. You know it. This is the CLNS Media Celtics post game show, and my name is Matt Rury. My co-host tonight, a very smart and intelligent man by the name of Jack Michael. I'm in such a great mood because this is back-to-back, essentially 30-point wins by the, the Boston Celtics. They didn't win by quite 30 tonight, but close enough, if you ask me. 119-95 to at the TD Garden over the lowly Memphis Grizzlies, who actually were kind of a playoff team, close to being a playoff team anyway in the West. Not horrible, but not that great either. So we'll get over this or we'll go over this and over the, and we'll probably get over it pretty quickly too, uh, over the next hour or so here on CLNS media. Uh, and Jack, finally, you and I get to talk about a blowout. What do you think? I'm, I'm happy. Um, <laughs> so not to, not to go too off topic, but the Celtics did play the Lakers on Monday and, it gave me flashbacks to uh, myself and Sam Sheehan last year had to cover the Lakers game in Boston, uh, the post game for when Rondo hit the buzzer beater. So I was, you know, from basically from Monday to today, I was, uh, I was a little shaken up. So, you know, the, the, the two, the two victories this week have kind of given me, they put me in a good mood. I'll I'll put it that way. (laughs) All right. I'll take it because uh, I mean, there are some, some things to to look at in both of these games, really. I mean, uh, the thing that stood out to me tonight in this victory, and obviously that Lakers game holds a little more weight. So after you are finished listening to us here tonight, you can go back and listen to the podcast that we did uh, after that game on Monday. Uh, but uh, this this game w- was impressive. And the thing that really stood out to me was the fact that the, the Celtics finished the second quarter on like a 23-2 to two run. And the two was only because they the, the, the let up a, a layup right at the end of the quarter to the Grizzlies, who finally broke that streak. They The Grizzlies did have a seven-point lead, and then the Celtics just went on this massive run, and it was spurred mostly by by defense. And they just were smothering, and Marcus Smart really was a big part of that. So that's, that's the thing that really jumps out to me and really stands out as far as the overall picture of the Celtics is concerned, because they – took a, a Grizzlies team who coming into this game has been playing well. People are high on them. They're high on John Morant as they should be rookie of the year, almost a lock for him for that right now. But the Celtics took that team and they just locked them down defensively in, in that second quarter uh, to end the half. And, and that was, that's what stood out. And that was really impressive. If you ask me. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, kind of piggybacking off your point that that 23 to two run in the second quarter expanded into the third quarter to become, I think it ended up being 43 to nine or 41 to nine, um, which, you know, over any expansive gameplay is is pretty impressive if you ask me. And, you know, for, for the Celtics who have been, you know, a little bit inconsistent over the past couple of weeks um, to, to, to kind of have, you know, obviously, like we said, the Laker game, but then, but then this game as well against the, kind of scrappy team that's that's going to get up in you and and play well um 
it's definitely encouraging an encouraging sign and you know I I'll, I'll be honest I was a little disappointed I did like you know I did want to see John Morant play a little better because um, yeah admittedly yeah admittedly I haven't seen him play too much this year so you know to, to have seen him play it would have been nice to see him play but you know I'll I'll take it in the if if the final score is, ends up being like this every time we play them. So <laughs> yeah, I guess beggars can't be choosers. I definitely wanted to see a good game from him as well, but granted, in the Celtics win. So if that's not the way it's going to work out, then that's fine with me. I'd take the win anyway. Um, Absolutely. So that's that's what we got. And uh, overall, I mean, it, it was just another team win. The starters basically dominated the Grizzlies and then the bench had a chance to come in and, and sort of place a lot of garbage time. Uh, there was almost a full quarter of garbage time in this game uh, because the the starters really just took it to them. And, and Marcus Smart, like I said, led the way uh, with Jalen Brown out of the game tonight. He, he did not play. He had that sore ankle that uh, if you, if anybody tells you anything otherwise, then uh, they're, they're lying to you. They're wrong. This is how he got his ankle hurt. He bumped it on LeBron James' head. That's all there is to it. That's the end of the story. <laughs> and if anybody says anything otherwise, like he twisted it or he, he, he uh, came down on somebody's foot or something like that, nope, that's not it. He got up so high over LeBron James' head on Monday night that he bumped it on his head. And that's it. That's the story. That's why Jalen Brown didn't play tonight. So don't, no one's going to tell me otherwise. But the fact that he didn't play uh, does shift Marcus Smart into that starting lineup as uh, it has a few times in the past. Um, but he, even though the box score doesn't really show it, he kind of really led the way. Nobody's numbers are really jumping out at you when you watch, look at the box score tonight. So if you out there did not watch this game and you're just tuning in to try and get a little bit of a recap – uh, I would advise you to listen to us and not look at the box score because it doesn't tell the whole story. This team really took it to Memphis. Uh, and in the middle of that run, there were multiple steals by Marcus Smart. He had he, he had like three or four. He had his own highlight reel of assists tonight uh, alone, even though he, it only amounted to six. He did lead the team in that regard, but three or four of them were flashy behind the back, perfect passes where nobody else was going to get them. So uh, he's the guy that I'm looking at as far as the player of the game, if you will, even though other players have better numbers. I think Marcus Smart was the biggest factor in the Celtics really breaking things open uh, in the middle of this game. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he looked like Magic Johnson out there for half the game. It was, it was insane. And I mean, um, I, I, I would guess that if Jason Tatum had played the full game, um, not that he had to, uh, you know, based on how how the Celtics were kind of blowing out the Grizzlies, but you know, if he had played the full game, I would have, I would guess that he would have had a, you know, he would have had that stat line that kind of jumps out at you. I mean, he ended with 23 points. He was on his way. The way he was. Say again. He was on his way to that. You're right. Yeah. So it's like you know, it, obviously you know better safe than sorry. With with it looked like him getting hurt, but. You know the way the ways he was scoring in the first half. He was scoring all types of ways. He had threes. He had post ups. He had you know around the basket. You know he had kind of those bully ball takes that we saw against the Lakers as well. So I was I was definitely pleased with the way Jason Tatum was playing today and and you know recently as well. So yeah, so we can touch on that. We can touch on that really quickly. He did seem to strain his groin. The Celtics immediately put a, a release out there on Twitter saying that he strained his groin. He wouldn't return. Uh, I would imagine that if the game was closer or if it was a playoff game, et cetera, you always hear that cliche that he would have played through it. 
because he did come back to the bench. He had ice wrapped up on his, on his leg. Um, and after the game, coach Stevens also said that from what he was told, it wasn't that bad. So I think that uh, people don't have to worry too much about Jason Tatum. I think he'll probably be all right. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm sure he'll make the trip to Orlando and, uh, Miami and new Orleans, not in that order. I don't think, uh, but I'm sure he'll make the trip and we'll see how many of those games he plays in. Uh, and I would imagine that he's definitely back by the time the Celtics come home on Thursday uh, against the Golden State Warriors. So, yeah, probably, hopefully not too bad, but he was on his way to another monster game. And uh, he has, is really starting to round things into form here. He's turning the corner, it seems. And it just in the past week or so, I think he's really taken his game up a level or two. Uh, and it's almost as if he and Jalen Brown are kind of trading punches, if you will, and going back and forth and who's going to have the, a, a great game next. Um, and I just, I like the way the, these, the, the, the two of them are playing off each other. And then Tatum found a way to do it with Brown out of the lineup uh, tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know if it, it hasn't been as much this season, but I know last season I, I always used to joke that, you know, Jalen and Jason can never have a good game at the same time. Um, this season, obviously, that that was uh, that's less applicable. And I mean, yeah, I I I think it was Max Carlin that said it on Twitter. Um, it, the first maybe twenty or so games of the season, Jason Tatum was shooting twenty percent at the rim or around twenty percent. I'm I'm you know I'm fudging the numbers here a little bit. Um, but then since then, you know, the last thirty or so games or however many it's been, uh, he's up in the high forties at the rim. So it's, 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 you know, it's, it's an area that still needs to improve, but it's definitely something that, you know, we've seen him play better in these games and him shooting better at the rim is a contributing factor to that, you know? So it's, it's definitely something to keep an eye on for the rest of the season as well. Um, he definitely did play well at the rim tonight. I think uh, at least, you know, compared to what we saw from him earlier in the season. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about him at the rim. Yeah. I think that he's finishing much better. And, I mean, the same can be said for Jalen Brown. Obviously not tonight, but it, recently he has been sh- very strong at the rim. Not just that dunk on LeBron that I alluded to earlier, but just in general. He, he seems more aggressive um, in wins and losses. This is not a, a go with – he's not being a front-running aggressive player, if you will. Uh, he's just doing it all the time. So I, yeah. I like the way that, that Brown is playing, and I think that Tatum is feeding off of that a little bit because he, he should become more aggressive. Tatum, the, the criticisms that people on Boston radio are, get, are throwing at Tatum recently are that of not uh, having enough grind. He's not gritty enough for them. You know, all those stupid cliches, and it's like, guys, why can't you just <laughs> let the kid play basketball? I mean, he he doesn't have to. Yes, we'd love to, we we would love for Jason Tatum to have the mentality of Marcus Smart and grind it out every single play and be gritty and do all the little things. But would he really be as effective of a scorer if he was focused on some of those other things? At some point, you have to draw the line, and when you know that a guy has elite offensive talent, you look the other way if he's not grinding it out every single play. So to anyone out there that may have that criticism of him that I have heard on uh, terrestrial radio waves around here recently, I think that's foolish. And I mean, he will grind it out when necessary, but if you're, if you're looking for a guy like that to grind it out every play, then I think you're just, you're, you shouldn't be analyzing the sport. You're doing the wrong thing. 
Yeah, I mean, and along those same lines, like for the people who are saying he's not grinding it out, right, like a Marcus Smart type. I mean, Marcus Smart is Marcus Smart because he is incredibly special at what he does. And there are very few people in the league who can defend the way Marcus Smart does multiple positions, every single possession of every single game, you know, forcing guys into positions that they don't want to be in, whether it be, you know, boxing up for a rebound or playing traditional man on man defense. And I would even, I would even go as far to say that Jason Tatum might even be a better defender, you know, than, than Marcus Smart, you know, in the team context, but also, you know, man to man with his length and with the, you know, with how he's been using his frame this season, you know, to just become a good, good defender like the people who are saying things like you know Jason Tatum's not grinding it out etc things along those lines it's like are you even watching the games you know like in the team context and on an individual level he is a defender and he's playing very well on the defensive end you know and to say otherwise I think is very foolish um you know yeah and the, the stats back it up and and the eye test backs it up too it's it's just yeah I'm absolutely with you on that. And the reason I bring it up, it's not a straw man. I have heard these things. I'm not going to drop the names of the shows that I'm listening to. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the point is that it, these things are being said out there. And I'm sure that if if the uh, the, the talk show hosts and, and the talking heads are saying it, then it's got to be coming from somewhere. And people are going to believe it as well. It, it, they don't just say things and then – it goes away out into the ether. I mean, sometimes it does, but I think a lot of these things are coming from somewhere. Uh, so that's why I want to sort of get that out there and, and sort of dispel that notion because I think it's ridiculous. Yes, I agree. Jason Tatum does not grind it out every single play. He's not a Marcus Smart type of player. That would be an accurate statement. But what else is accurate is that I don't want him to be that type of player because I think it's going to – it would take away from the things that make him who he is and and make him a a better fit and a potentially better player overall in the NBA. And that's just the bottom line. If you can score, if you're a scorer in this league, you're going to be more valuable nine times out of ten than the guy that is Marcus Smart. And while you need a Marcus Smart to win championships – you you much rather have a Jason Tatum in my opinion. So that's that's my little rant there on Boston Radio. Um, before we get too deep into this show, I do want to remind everybody, of course, that if you want to get on the show with us, you can give us a call at three four seven two one five seven 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 one, and that call number is brought to you, of course, by BetOnline.ag. And if you haven't heard of our friends over at betonline.ag, you should go check them out because, as you all know, there's a big football game coming up in a couple weeks. A couple, couple big teams, the best teams in the old football league there, playing in a game, and uh, you may even call it uh, a, a super game. It could be called that. could be called that. Some sort of a, uh, a bowl game, if you will. Uh, that game is coming up. And old friend Jimmy Garoppolo is playing in that game. And he's going to be going up against uh, a guy that a lot of people hate, Pat Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs and the Kool-Aid man, Andy Reid. If you want to bet on that game, you should go to betonline.ag. And uh, they have a bunch of prop bets over there, I'm sure. You can figure out who you think is going to win that game. And the best part about this deal is that when you put in the promo code CLNS50, that's CLNS50, you will get 50% off, I'm sorry, 50% 
welcome bonus on your first deposit. Not 50% off your first deposit. You put the money in, and then they'll give you another 50% to go put more bets on and make more money back because I know that you're going to bet on the right things. Go to betonline.ag now and put in that promo code CLNS50 and get your 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Bring the playoffs home with our exclusive sportsbook partner, betonline.ag. And once you place your bets, give us a call, 347-215-7771. How'd you like that, Reed? That was good. Yeah, that was, that was like that. that was that's I mean, improv, baby. That that's that's what we talk. <laughs> that's that's what we call a pro right there. You know who else is a pro? The first man on the BetOnline.ag call lines, Nicholas Nick Sacento. What's up, Nick? Welcome to the show. Well, you should have sold me on that BetOnline.ag, uh, Matt. I bet. <laughs> I bet. I've been selling you on stuff for years, man. I'm. You, I, I just know I'm the guy that you listen to for reads, right? Yeah, if I, I wish I could think back to all of those things. I know you did the HelloFresh. I think we even did some other uh, food service thing at some point. I don't remember what it was. Was it like, I don't know. Blue Apron. Blue yep. Apron, that's right. Blue Apron. Yeah, there there a whole bunch of things. And, you know, I tried them all because you're just such a fantastic salesman, Matt Rory, that, you know, and, and that voice, it just it just kind of entices me to, you know, to try all of these uh, products and services. And, of course, you know, uh, Jack Mike, which is awesome, you know, Jack Michael. I like to call him Jack Mike because it reminds me of Mike Jack. Not Michael Jackson, but, you know, the uh, – the, uh, mic jack that you plug your microphone in (laughs) but um no fantastic show and uh just to 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 piggyback off what you guys were talking about um you know the criticism of jason tatum not being the grinded out marcus smart type of player listen there are different types of players i know this is like a novel concept for you know some of the uh some sports writers out there especially these these uh, sports writers in boston that just seem to have to find something to complain about there are different positions out there and different ways of playing basketball jason tatum is a, is more of a finesse player the way that he's built is not the same way that Marcus Smart is built. Marcus Smart played football up until middle school. Marcus Smart has a football player's body. Imagine a, I know they changed up the uh, height listings recently in the NBA. It makes no sense to me how they did it. But to me, Jason Tatum looks like a six foot eight, six foot nine uh, type of player. We'll say, we'll say six foot eight just for, you know, whatever, just for the sake of, you know, whatever, you know, Hitting it in the middle. I, I actually heard somebody on the on the TV say six foot seven one time, and there's no way he's six seven. He's clearly taller than that. But he's he's still not completely, you know, built. You know what I mean? The way you know an NBA player is, he still has kind of like that that rookie build to him. I won't say rookie build because he has, you know, he's on his what third year now uh, in the NBA, but he still hasn't completely filled out his body. He's still only, I believe. 21 years old, maybe 22. I don't keep track of NBA players' uh, birthdays. If he were to dive for some of these balls, if he were to, 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 to behave the way Marcus Smart does with the hustle and the grind, he's going to get injured. He's not built like Marcus Smart. And even Marcus yep. Smart, who's built like a bulldog, he's frequently injured. Not frequently, but he's, you know, no, you're not, He's not, you know, he's not invincible either. So to have Jason Tatum, to to, to risk Jason Tatum 
to have him do the things that Marcus Smart does makes absolutely no sense. Now, there are things that you can criticize Jason Tatum on. He's been somewhat inconsistent around the rim, as you mentioned earlier, and he's been doing better at that. He was inconsistent for a little while shooting from uh, three. Uh, you know, there, there are other things that he's working on, but he's still on his rookie contract. He's only in his third year, and he's finding his game. And I think this is a perfect situation where the Boston Celtics, you know, a couple, two weeks ago would have lost this game because this was a classic trap game for the Boston Celtics. And there's, in these situations, there's always a player. You want a player to, you know, take control, to, you know, to, to, to jump into the game, to take control, to take that leadership. And in a game where Kemba Walker averaged in single digits and was probably, what, like the sixth leading scorer on the team – you needed that one guy to come in, and I know it was a huge blowout, and every you know it was garbage time by the fourth quarter, and you know you pull you know Jason Tatum out, but Jason Tatum did that. He's still a young player. All these critics, he's not. He's he's still averaging twenty plus points a game. He's still probably going to be an All Star. He still has the fourth best selling. Uh, jersey in the NBA. I mean, give the kid a chance to, you know, learn the game. And on top of that, and I have a theory, and I know this is a diatribe, and you know I do this every single time I call in, but I have a theory about Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown is really doing well right now because Jalen Brown is now on his second year, the second year of his career, where he didn't, you know, play with an overshadowed ego. Jason Tatum came into the league and his first season in the league, he played, you know, in the shadow of a giant ego. The second season in the league, he played in the shadow of a giant ego. And that, you know, for for a young player like that, in many ways, uh, when you deal with the player that's demanding the ball, that demands to have the ball in his hands in every possession, that demands, you know, everything goes through him, that can kind of affect the growth and development of a player. And this is the first year Jason Tatum is really playing without that type of ego and that type of presence both on the court and in the locker room. And I think you're seeing Jason Tatum feeling out his game. And I, I think he's, we've seen him, you know, as, he, as he's been consistent this season, you're seeing him come into his own more now that he's got, you know, nearly half a season of, you know, unselfish, you know, truly Brad Stevens, Boston Celtics basketball, not that stuff we saw the previous two seasons. And I think by next season, you're going to see Jason Tatum take the same type of leap or a similar type of leap that Jalen Brown has taken this season. And that, and that includes defense. And Jason Tatum, I think, is, is a slightly underrated uh, defender, especially when it comes to help side block and, you know, coming from behind people and hitting those blocks from, uh, from the weak side or from the help side. He's going to take a similar jump next season that we saw from Jalen Brown this season. And all of these people that are looking for something negative to talk about are going to have to find something else to talk about because Jason Tatum is going to be a superstar. I believe he's going to be an all-star this season. He's going to be a superstar in this league. And you don't have superstars unless they happen to be, you know, small forwards built like LeBron James to just have that, you know, that super muscular, you know, you know, solid, durable, you know what I'm saying, uh, frame, you don't want a guy like Jason Tatum at his weight and his his body style to be diving around and doing those crazy things because if you look at this Celtic season, they've been plagued with injuries, and that's one injury you don't want to have happen. Even Jalen Brown, who isn't, you know, as as lanky as 
Jason Tatum has experienced some of those injuries, and I believe uh, that injury was an injury to the groin as he, you know, came down on LeBron James' bald spot after that dunk. But regardless, you don't want Jason Tatum <laughs> going out there doing crazy things on the court. You want him to stay healthy, and if he's going to be a finesse player, let him be a finesse player. The only thing in that department, and I'll end it on this, that I'd like to see him, you know, do a little bit better is, you know, and, and it's a lot of finesse players uh, don't do, and a perfect example of, of a finesse player that avoided contact was the previous point guard that played uh, the last season and the season before, is that when you go to the hoop, don't shy away from contact. That doesn't mean get yourself hurt. Doesn't That doesn't mean, you know, jump into, you know, some of these, you know, big guys that are like brick walls. But, you know, Get the contact, you know, sell the foul, and, you know, get the and one, get the, you know, get to the line a little bit more, and I think that's an aspect of the game that he could, you know, work on a little bit. But aside from that, the guy is like silk. He, that's why it's fire and ice. That's why, you know, uh, Jalen Brown is fire, and that's why uh, Jason Tatum is ice, because, you know, one is smooth and silky and, and cool and calm, and the other is, you know, is out there, you know, dunking on LeBron James and grabbing his nuts afterwards, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and you know, attacking the rim, and, and body to body, that type of stuff. You don't, one player doesn't have to do everything or encompass all of the traits of all of his other teammates. That's why there are roles on teams, and Jason Tatum is playing his role. Let him feel it out and let him do his thing, and I'm so glad the Boston Celtics have won two blowouts over two Western Conference playoff teams uh, in a row, that's fantastic. I mean, you can't ask for more. I'd like to. I'd like to think this is the Boston Celtics turning the corner. You know, after that terrible uh, skid that they went through um, this these past couple of weeks, and I think if they continue to play this way, I'm surprised. You know, they they were able to do this even without Jalen Brown because when this team has all its players, it's it's pretty complete and it's pretty unstoppable. Um, and this was a classic example of of a of a of a, of a trap game or a letdown game for this particular Boston Celtics team, and they didn't do that. I mean, they held uh, John Morant to, what, seven points or something like that? It's incredible. This team, this team, is, this team is fun to watch, and it's good to have a, a show like this after a, after a blowout, especially with hosts like Matt Rury and uh, Jack Michael. Wow. All right. That was, a, that was one of the longest rants that I've just let you go on, full streaming, <laughs> without even trying to stop you. Uh, thank you for taking up that time for us. Well, uh, I'm surprised I didn't get muted. I was waiting for the muted. <laughs> I was just waiting for it. Not quite, not quite, but I'll do it now. No, um, I, listen, I, I think that the points are all valid. And I didn't mean to start a whole discussion on how, whether Jason Tatum is tough or not or anything like that. Um, but the, the point is, uh, I think that he is – rounding into a, a little bit better of a player over the last couple of weeks. And he's, he's definitely out of the, there was a little bit of a funk that I think all these guys were in at the beginning of January. And I, they seem to be turning the corner and that Lakers game, it was a big one, of course, but the, to this game tonight, I, I think uh, really emphasizes the point as well. So we'll see how it goes going forward, but Nick, nice hearing from you. Uh, we appreciate the time, sir. Thank you both. Great show. All right, there he goes. Jack, do you want to get in here? I mean, yeah, so I, I will say, you know, I, Nick, I mean, Nick is great. You know, I've done shows with him, obviously. He's, he's, he always brings up good points. But I will say one thing he was wrong on, the Celtics did not hold John Morant to seven points. It was actually two points. So Two points. 
<laughs> two points. But you know, we won't we won't uh, we won't get on Nick about that. That's a, it's an honest mistake. <laughs> no, of course. I mean, but yeah, he, 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 yeah, he brings up he brings up great points though. Like like, I mean, we kind of said it too, and and it's it's just kind of that 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 emphasis on on Jason Tatum. You know, we you don't need him to do X, Y, and Z when he does. You know, A, B, and C. And and in in different contexts and looking at defense and offense in different ways, like the strides he also made as a ball handler, whether it be in the pick and roll or whether it be in isolation situations, you know, the Celtics are using him more out of the pick and roll. The Celtics are using him in those situations more, you know, when he's doing, you know, all of these things on the court, you know, you don't need him to be, you know, some tough, gritty, get up in your face defender, you know, and people will say like, oh, you know, Michael Jordan did it. You know, Michael Jordan played every possession on defense like Marcus Smart and then also played every possession on offense amazingly. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's why he's Michael Jordan. And if we're going to hold Jason Tate to that standard, I don't know if that's something we uh, we want to start doing. But, you know, it's – it's no, definitely not. Seeing him tonight – say again? No, we definitely don't want to hold him to that standard. He's not going to be the greatest of all time. Come on. Well, I mean, I'd, I'd enjoy it if he was. So, so if, if we do eventually come to a point where we have to hold him to that standard, I would definitely not be uh, complaining at all. You will hear no complaints from, from me on that. Um but, you know, just even tonight, like the game he had tonight where he scored in a multiple different ways, you know, he played on the defensive end where it wasn't, it, it didn't look like, you know, he was in, like in control of the game on the defensive end of the floor. But also you never see Jason Tatum on defense and say, what the hell is this guy doing? Or, right. you know, this guy's losing us the game on the defensive end. You know, so Definitely even on not. his quote unquote bad games. Yeah, go ahead. No, he's he, he's so long, and there there have been arguments made this year that he actually makes the Celtics a lot better on defense. And mm-hmm. I think that he's – so this is going to be a, a strange comparison because mentality-wise, he's not this player, and he doesn't create as much on defense as this player did, and he also is not going to put the Celtics over the top like this player did. So before I even say his name, nobody go crazy on me. I'm not comparing, making a direct comparison between Jason Tatum and Kevin Garnett, but <laughs> I think that they have some similar qualities on defense, and Tatum is starting to learn what those qualities are because they were both so extremely long for their height. I mean, Garnett is listed uh, – I think he wanted to be listed at 6'11", uh, and I, I don't know if he was really that tall. I think he was a little shorter than that. I could be wrong, but he had extremely long arms for his height. And I think Tatum is a, a very similar build. Um, and while he doesn't play the same way as Garnett, he is not going to be that defensive mastermind that's blocking shots left and right and, uh, I, and, and things like that. I think that he does have a great ability of jumping passing lanes and getting his hands uh, in the way of the ball and making deflections and stealing the ball in that regard. So while he's not yeah. – going to get block shots and be a Kevin Garnett type of player like that. I think the fact that he's so long, he just reminds me of, of the way that Garnett used to move his hands around through all the passing lanes and get deflections and, and, and play defense that way. So he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't do it consistently, but I'm, I'm seeing flashes of things like that. And I'm starting to wonder if he could become that type of player as far as deflections are concerned. That's my main focus on this point. Yeah, and I mean, even even kind of you know using his length to to be able to switch onto smaller players or or to kind of you know keep bigger players at bay where you know he might not be as strong as them. And I think it was, I think Nick brought up the 
the point about his, his frame where, you know, he does kind of have that smaller frame. Um, and Nick did mention, you know, he is still 21 years old. Obviously, that can fill out a little bit. But, you know, the point has been made that his frame is a little, you know, I don't want to say weird. I don't think that's necessarily the word to use for it. But it's, it's a little, you know, different or it's not, you know, it's, it's not a, a, a very wide frame. And that's not necessarily something that you may be able to change, um, you know, on a player at all. Uh, which is why, you know, some have speculated that that's why his, his shooting at the rim is, is, has been odd or interesting is because his frame is, you know, so thin and, and his shoulders are angled weird, things along those lines, things that, you know, people way smarter than me can speculate on, um, <laughs> you know, people, people that, you know, know the human body and stuff like that. But, you know, it is an interesting point And, you know, I think there could be something to it, but, you know, the frame that he does have does, like we said, it gives him that, you know, length to do whatever he wants you know, defensively and a lot of the times offensively as well. Like he really does have that sort of, you know, I'm, I'm going to say that, that Michael Jordan, you know, technique of kind of being able to shoot over guys and just shooting right over their head and not worrying about, you know, the contest or not worrying about guys getting up in his face at all. So that is something that, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not making the direct comparison, but it is something to, you know, keep note of. <laughs> yeah. And I, that might have something to do with his length as well. Just the fact that he can, shoot over guys and I just think he's really flexible mm-hmm. and he, some, he can shoot around guys too we've seen him make layups or at least attempt layups uh, around players and sort of wrap his arm underneath them and, and uh, get a shot up still where most guys would not be able to get a shot up and still control the ball or, or put his put the ball where extend it out as far as he can up and underneath somebody else's arm and still get the shot off. That's a talent that most players don't have. So uh, yeah. he should be focusing on that type of thing and, and just I, I, improving those aspects of his game. Cause they could be elite all another level, all world types of, of skills that will make him the best player that he can be. Um, so I've always liked Jason Tatum on the Celtics or since he came to since he was drafted by the Celtics. I think it was a, a great move by Ainge on draft day. I think it's proving that way over the last few years, although Mark Fultz has been playing better. So maybe it's just looking like Philadelphia got the short end of this thing. Um, but uh, either way, I, I think that Tatum is going to become one of the, the best Celtics of all time. And I hope that he sticks around long enough to, to prove me right. Um, so with that, we're going to take a quick 30-second break to remind you of one more of our sponsors that Nick Sento mentioned earlier. I'm not going to do a live read for this one, so it's probably not going to be a good. <laughs> oh, I was looking but, forward uh, to it. That's all right. <laughs> I'm just going to click the button anyway. We'll be right back here on the Celtics post-game show. Celtics win 119-95. to Tonight's episode of the Celtics post-game show on CLNS Media is brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Get easy seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. For $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com forward slash CLNS80. And don't forget to enter the promo code CLNS80 at checkout. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit and a sponsor of the CLNS Media Celtics post game show. Living in a shotgun shop, and you may find yourself in another place. This one's new, Nick Delco. If you're even listening to your own, you always used to love this one. 
or talking heads for the kids. Go my age. Show Nick's age. Anyway, um, we're back here on the Celtics post game show on CLNS Media. My name is Matt Rory. I'm here with Jack Michael. We've been talking about the Celtics victory over the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, they take it 119 to 95 at TD Garden. Um, Jason Tatum led the way with 23 points. We spent a lot of time on him. John Morant held the two points by the Celtics, mainly uh, because of their swarming defense throughout the entire game. At one point, they were up 84 to 54, I think. Uh, they won the fourth quarter 40, or the third quarter, excuse me, 41 to 19. So uh, they they basically dominated through the second and third quarter. Right in the middle of the game, they they just totally crushed. Memphis and ran away with it. Uh, what is that? 74 to 36 in those two quarters, just an unbelievable smashing by the Celtics. So uh, I'm not sure if there's really much more that we can say about this game. Um, so unless there's someone that you want to discuss in this game in particular, uh, we can sort of look ahead here and try and figure out what's going to happen with the Celtics going forward. Because Unfortunately, when I looked at the standings yesterday, they were not where I thought they were. Other teams are actually playing just as well as them right now, which is confusing to me because I had no idea uh, that the Pacers were just a game and a half back from the Boston Celtics right now. Yeah, so, I mean, before we get to that, I do want to give a little a little shout-out to Daniel Tice. Um, he only played 19 sure. minutes, but he came out on fire in the first quarter you know, really kind of set the tone for the Celtics offense, especially after the, you know, the recent games where the first quarter has not been the Celtics' best friend. And even though they lost the first quarter tonight by a few points, um, little, just a little shout-out to, to Daniel Tice uh, there. He hit threes on the inside, everything. Everything was going down. So, good on Daniel. <laughs> no, I appreciate that, actually, because he was on fire, and he, uh, he was three for three from three. He had his first three shots. Actually, his first four shots of the game uh, yeah. before – before missing uh, one of his next three, but yeah, he his his intensity has been really good recently, and um, I was a little worried in the middle of December when he they said that he had that that leg injury or that foot injury, whatever it was, uh, because it sounded like it could be something that would linger. And I, I keep I every time I hear about a Celtics big man getting a foot injury, I just immediately go back and start thinking about Kendrick Perkins and plantar fasciitis. And how that yeah, really hindered oh. him. It really ruined his career entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not that he yeah. was an amazing player, but he he could have had a better NBA career than he did had he not gotten that foot injury. So whenever I hear about th- something like that um, with a Celtics player, I worry. But Daniel Tice seems to have gotten over whatever that was really quickly, um, and is playing extremely well recently. So I, I appreciate that shout out. I will allow it for sure. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> I mean, and then then there's also obviously you know the the after the game you know the the, the Sixers uh, Raptors game tonight, which the Raptors did win, um, so the Celtics remain a half game behind the Raptors, uh, and then that also puts the 76ers in a tie with the Pacers for fifth and sixth. But I believe looking at the standings, I guess the Pacers are ahead in the loss column, so that means the Pacers win the tie break. So I mean, I think that's good, I, and uh, I'm enjoying that. You know, the, the Sixers are lower in the standings than the Celtics and even, you know, sixth in the Eastern Conference. Um, it's just – so 
I did want to get to that as well because I love crapping all over the Philadelphia 76ers. But <laughs> in reality, I mean, they're right there too. And there's the gap yeah. is between six and seven when you start talking about the Magic and Brooklyn and uh, Detroit with an outside chance. And unless somebody falls apart, I'd say that's about it, which is surprising to me. I'm, I, I'm shocked that uh, Atlanta, honestly, and, and Charlotte are not closer to the – the playoff picture. I really thought that guys like Trey young, were going to be able to step up and carry their team a little bit down there. And it's not happening for Atlanta right now. And I did think that Charlotte was going to not take as big of a step back as they apparently have in losing Kemba Walker and getting Terry Rozier. So those are just two middling meddling teams down the bottom that we don't need to talk about. But the, the part that is a little concerning to me, Jack is just the fact that, the Celtics do seem to be outmatched uh, at times when it comes to teams in the NBA on any given night. And I worry that if they, if they continue to play down to opponents, which they didn't do tonight, which is great, but they did do for a few games before the Lakers game. If they continue to do that, I feel like they're, they're certainly not going to be able to catch uh, the Bucks. I mean, the, the Bucks seem to be just running away with everything. I, I said on, on a podcast last week, on one of the shows last week, that I thought if the Celtics had beaten the Bucks uh, last week, that they would have a ch- an outside chance at getting the one seed. And th- I mean, granted, they didn't beat the Bucks, so now that's gone. But that's starting to look like I, I was just completely on the moon with that take. And I just I I I thought that the Celtics were better than what they are, what the standings are showing me because I'm, I don't understand how Toronto keeps winning at this clip and Miami is a surprise in, in my opinion, I thought they were going to be good, but I didn't think they were going to be this good. But then of course, Philadelphia is sort of falling down a little bit. They're still right there in that 12 to 15 games over 500 range. So I just, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned that the Celtics are going to look at their schedule and they're going to see the Orlandos. They're going to see the New Orleanses. Who, well, Zion's back, so maybe they'll get up for that one. Uh, but then they're, they're going to start looking forward and, and maybe play down to some of these teams and fall further in the standings and put themselves in jeopardy of, of having that home playoff series, which I think is so important for them to get out of the first and potentially second rounds. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, that's definitely understandable. I mean, I will say, so to kind of not play the devil's advocate, but kind of flip to the other side of the coin. Um, you, you look at the 76ers team and, and, you know, not to, this might even be an insult to them, but, you know, not to make any bad comparisons, but you look at the Celtics team from last year and where they were around this time of the year, I believe they had a similar record to this year's 76er team. And, you know, as much as we say, oh, we don't match up well against them, we don't match up well against them. You know, you looked at, if you looked at that Celtics team last year from the perspective of a team that where this Celtics team is this year, you would say there's no way, you know, they're, they're beating us in a playoff series or there's no way they're an actual threat. So I mean I'm not I'm not saying that the 76 team was an actual is not an actual threat. They have the talent and they have a, a at least against Boston they have a nice matchup advantage. You know obviously they've beaten us three times in a row, um, four times if you go back to last season. But you know I I think you know it's it's it, 
the expectations at a certain point do have to change. And, and, you know, at least for me, I was someone who had the Sixers as one of the top two teams in the East preseason. And, you know, I'm still, I still look at them as a very, very, very good team. Um, it's just interesting to kind of see the situation that they've got themselves in last year or this year, excuse me, when you compare it to uh, the Celtics team from last year. But yeah, I do. I do agree with you though, that, that, you know, home court advantage is definitely important for the Celtics team this year to at least get out of the first round. And like you said, potentially out of the second, because you look at it, you know, let's say the Celtics finish in the top four that, that presumably would prevent them from facing the Raptors heat and bucks in the first round. But if you, if the Celtics finish in that three or four slot, they're probably playing the Pacers or the 76ers, which, you know, I don't think the Pacers are going to be necessarily an easy out like they were last year. You know, we oh. swept them last year, but that's without Oladipo, you know? Right. And, and he's and, an all-star. Yeah. And if they're playing this well without him right now, then who's, who Absolutely. knows? I mean, it could go two different ways. Obviously, he could come in and disrupt some things, but I doubt that's the way it's going to be. I think that he would he would improve the team. Yeah, talent always talent always wins out. Usually, you know, when when you got a player that that's good, that's that good. Excuse me. Um, you know, the the talent always always wins out. So oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the Celtics schedule, and the thing this is just. The mentality that I have as a fan looking at the Detroit, Milwaukee, and Phoenix losses there was, well, they overlooked Detroit and then because they were going to Milwaukee and they lost to Detroit and then they lost to the better team in Milwaukee. Then they overlooked Phoenix because they were about to play the Lakers and then they ended up beating the Lakers who arguably are the better team but definitely didn't look like the better team on Monday night. So now – You've got Orlando, New Orleans, and then you've, you're, you're at Miami, which is the important game. Do they overlook Orlando and New Orleans because they've got Miami coming up? And then, again, do they overlook Golden State because they've got Philadelphia coming up? And then one more time, do they overlook any of these four, Atlanta twice, Orlando, and Oklahoma City because Houston is on the schedule? And then the Clippers, like, I just don't want the Celtics to be looking ahead in the schedule like we're doing right now and then dropping these games against teams that they are supposed to beat. I'd rather have them lose to the, the tougher teams and face that challenge now and try to overcome that challenge later in the playoffs with a better seeding because they've beaten the teams they're supposed to beat. So I don't know. Maybe I'm worrying a little too much about this, but it just seemed that over the past couple of weeks, they they may have been doing a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, posturing a little bit. I don't know, and overlooking some of these teams and playing down to their opponents before big games in which they played well. Because even though there were stretches of Mil- that Milwaukee game that they were getting killed, they were down 20 plus points. The fact that they hung in there and fought right till the end of that game shows me that they were up and ready for it, whereas they certainly were not up and ready to play the Detroit Pistons the night before. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you. You know, I, I unfortunately had to miss the Milwaukee game. So when I when I saw that they cut it to five by the end of the game, I was like, holy crap, what the hell happened? Um, but no, I do agree with you. Some of these losses, you know, in the past couple of weeks, and it's really been, you know, kind of since even that Christmas game against Toronto, you know, since that win, you know, uh, there have been a bunch of times where, I, in my opinion, the Celtics have been, you know, either playing down to opponents or, or not necessarily coming out uh, firing on all cylinders, I'll say. Um, and, and you know, so which, which you know, it, it, on the other hand, you know, it, it proves that this Laker game and, and the Grizzly game have been even more, 
you know, encouraging in that it seems that they've gotten over it. And it seems like, you know, that little stretch in January and late December was more of just a blip on the radar and, and kind of a slump as opposed to indicative of anything larger, um, which I'm still, you know, I'm still confident in that. I'm going to still, uh, I'm still going to, you know, kind of say that throughout the season that, you know, this Celtics team is definitely better than they were playing during that stretch. Um, but also, like you said, like, I don't know if, if they're as good as they played during that Laker game. But look, looking, looking ahead, though, um, I'm, I'm going to go in with, with kind of that same mindset, that same expectation that, you know, the Celtics will play as well as they can start, if that makes sense. Where if, they're, if, they're, if they come out hot, if they come out firing, if they come out with, with intensity, then I think they can beat, you know, most of the teams in this league. I hope you're right, because I think that they are – a fun team to watch and I would like to see them exceed expectations for once and have the, that, that exceeding of expectations. Is there a one, a single word to, for that phrase anyway, and have that, <laughs> that moment mean, mean something and have them actually go somewhere as opposed to the, them exceeding their expectations for the first five, to six years of Brad Stevens tenure and just, being a first round playoff out when they weren't supposed to make the playoffs or getting to the Eastern conference finals uh, when they weren't supposed to get out of the first round, et cetera, et cetera. Last year was supposed to be that year where they exceeded expectations and it actually meant something. Well, we all know the main reason why that didn't happen. Thank goodness. This team is not that team because if I had to watch that team two years in a row, I, I would probably quit this podcasting thing for sure. I wouldn't be talking about the games anymore afterwards because, but this team's a lot more fun to watch. And I, I think that their overachievement, that's the word exceeding expectations. Yeah, over, overachieving. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, time to end the show. I think, uh, I think that if, if they were to overachieve this year, it, it actually could mean something because while expectations were a little bit lower than they were going into last year, an overachievement still to me means that they're going to the, to the NBA finals uh, or at least bringing the, the bucks to game seven of the Eastern conference finals. So I think that something of that nature would mean something because of the young players on this team and they could actually gain that experience. It would mean something to the fans because it's a, a situation that they, that we've been wanting to be in for a very long time here. Uh, and it would actually also be an overachievement because nobody expected them to, to go that far. So that's what I'm looking for uh, over the next couple of months. And uh, hopefully they can pull it out because just their mentality is so much better than last year that I think that I, I feel like they deserve it more. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I mean, when I, oh, we really haven't had a chance to speak about this on a show yet, you know, comparing last year to this year. And I mean, you know, obviously, you know, me, uh, you know, I was kind of one of the last um, defenders of, of last year's team going all the way, you know, into the, into the summer, into the July timeframe. Um, <laughs> and you can, you know, that's, that is what it is, but, um, uh, you know, so, but just, just kind of the, the attitude that this team has, you know, when compared to last year, like it just, it just seems just so much better. And it just, you know, it just feels better to be a fan of the team this year, as opposed to last year. 
you know, like I just, I just feel better watching the team. I feel like I'm having fun again. Like I will admit like last year, I really did not enjoy it a lot. Like, and I really did kind of get this illusion with the team where I wasn't watching as many games and I was kind of sitting to myself, like I could watch a game or I could, you know, go play basketball or go do whatever. So it is, you know, I'm, I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to take this season for what it is and, and I'm not going to adjust my preseason expectations of what, what I had for this team. And, but I'm, I, like, I am really just having a good time watching them. Yeah. And listen, that's what it's supposed to be, right? Entertainment. I mean, sure. A lot of people take this very seriously. A lot of people's jobs are at stake in a lot of these situations. There's a lot of money at stake, of course, but as a yeah. fan, when you're watching, like you just want to see a good product. You want to see something that is entertaining to you. You're putting your money out there because you want to be entertained. And if if I've always had this mentality, of course, you want to win. You want to have be that champion. You want to see the championship. You want to be the fan of the championship team. You want to feel like you're a part of it. But ultimately, if you feel like you got your money's worth on any given night, like I felt like I did on Monday night, and I'm sure plenty of people felt like they did in tonight's game, then that's, that's all you can ask for if, if, ultimately. And that's part of the reason I think this Memphis Grizzlies team is encouraging if you're a fan of that Grizzlies team because they, they have been playing really well. And I, I am pretty confident that Grizzlies fans like them more than they've liked teams in the past couple of years just because of the way they play. So I don't know whether that's just because of John Morant or whether Jay Crowder has any sort of uh, influence on that, but the mentality of a team and the way that they play win or lose can go a long way into the entertainment factor. And I'm I'm just glad that the Celtics realized that and decided to get back to uh, finding players that had that mentality. Um, Kemba Walker being the main new addition that, that thinks that way. And then also just understanding that that it, winner, winning and losing is not the end-all, be-all, even though that's what we all want it to be. We, wanna, we want them to be the winners, right? They're, they're playing to win. <laughs> there would be a multi-billion dollar organization <laughs> if they weren't trying to win. But they also are trying to balance entertainment and, and actually having fun at games and watching a, a good product. And I do appreciate that. And I'm not just being a homer because last year, you're right. It was like pulling teeth at times. <laughs> well, I mean, you didn't, you didn't hear that from me. That's uh that's a, <laughs> that's just, no, I'm just putting words. I know that you know how it feels to get your teeth pulled. So anyway, um, we can end <laughs> the show on that. Jack, I will not uh, bore you with, with the tales of Jack Michael on Twitter, Jack, Michael <laughs> underscore 17, Jack underscore Michael 17. Uh, Jack underscore Michael. Jack 17. Michael underscore 17. Jack. Underscore I never, Michael. Right. you don't even know what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jack well, underscore right. Michael 17, one seven. That's right. And for those of you that uh, have not seen knives out, you should go see it. How about that? I agree. I agree. Drop that right there. Ryan Johnson will be appreciated. <laughs> My I'll say his name. Friend. You don't have to say his name. You didn't, Jack didn't put me up to this, anyone. This is me <laughs> on my own putting it out there. Anyway, um, you're, you're, I think you're that's – You want to throw anything else out there tonight? 
No, I mean, I, I think we covered, we covered a lot of good stuff tonight. I think it was a really good show. I enjoyed it. It was nice being back on with you again. Um, this is only like my third game this season, I think. So it's been, you know, the real world has been, has been tough on me, but I'm hoping to get on for a lot more games in the second half of the season. I know the feeling, man. All right. Well, we got a good one tonight, and uh, I agree. Good show. Um, we will talk to you next time here on the Celtics Post Game Show for Jack Michael. Uh, Jack Michael underscore seven Jack underscore Michael 17 on Twitter. (laughs) I am Matt Rory. You can find me at team green truth and uh, you can find the CLNS post game show on there as well. Go check us out after every Celtics game. CLNS media has you covered and uh, we will have you covered when the Celtics take on the Orlando magic. And that is on. uh, Just had it Friday. At 7 p.m., the game starts, so that means you'll hear us at 9.30 p.m. Not us, but someone here on CLNS Media will have you covered for that one. So hopefully another win that night. Uh, We appreciate you listening. Go Celtics. They take the Grizzlies down 119-295, and uh, that's going to do it for us here. Have a great night, everybody, and listen to this little uh, outro. Bye-bye. This has been the Celtics Post Game Show on clnsradio.com. Thanks for listening. The Celtics might not be in action every day, but we are, so stay connected. Follow us on Twitter at CLNS Radio and check out our broadcast schedule for the best weekly sports podcast on the web.